Welcome back to the Monitor Sports Podcast. Eric Rinson Lobel here with Dan Atori. And Dan, we are in the second to last week of the spring regular season for most of our sports. Of course, a couple are further along in their regular season schedules. That's wrapping up this week. Uh, but for our four main sports, uh, boys and girls lacrosse, baseball, softball, uh, regular season comes to an end in about a week and a half from the time that we're recording this. And lots of teams in the area looking at trying to make deep playoff runs and, and a few others that are just going to try to sneak into the playoffs. Two teams that are looking to make deep playoff runs, Dan, we'll start in the girls lacrosse world. Um, Hopkinton and Concord Christian, they played on Tuesday in Concord. The Hawks won the game 18-10 to 10 and... This matchup was interesting for a couple reasons. I think the first one, you know, we've talked on the show previously and we had Hopkinton's co-head coaches, Gus Madden and Bob Brown on a few weeks ago, and they talked about this as well. Hopkinton takes a lot of pride in its lacrosse programs, both boys and girls. The uh, smallest public school in the state that has uh, both uh, uh, lacrosse teams and they're good. And then you have Conquer Christian, who's in its first season as a varsity program and uh, are seven and four now after the loss. So they're right, you know, near the top of the standings. Um, You know, Hopkinton was generally speaking the better team from start to finish on Tuesday, but, you know, Conquer Christians uh, coach Janine Muir said that they just did not like, this was one of the worst games that they played all season. So Look for them to potentially bounce back. But either way, I mean, Dan, not too often you see a team first year varsity program at, at seven and four, you know, looking to make the playoffs in its first season. Absolutely not. I mean, that's really incredible what they've done in, in such a short time um, with the with the pool of people that they have to choose from. It's a very small school. I think uh, the NHIAA handbook has them as of the last classification, just under a hundred or barely clearing a hundred, which is not a large pool. um, so, but they're a very athletic group that plays a lot of sports together. A lot of them are on the basketball team that we covered extensively over the winter. Um, so yeah, what they've done, what they've done has been, has been pretty remarkable. I mean, looking at Concord Christian's losses, they are to first place Guilford, second place Bo, uh, Hopkinton, uh, from today and then St. Thomas, who is currently in third. So, yep, they've, they have four losses to the top four teams in the standings, Conquer Christian sitting in the fifth position as of now. Um, so definitely nothing to be ashamed of. They've beaten everyone. They, I guess, quote, should beat, um, based on their, their spot in the standings and and Hopkinton is also a team that we've you know talked about probably going to improve from when you saw them play earlier in the year with a, a new coach or a couple of new coaches and a new new system um definitely looks like they were, were a much improved team today versus what you might have seen um at the beginning of April when you when you covered them. So I still I can't believe that we have in three and a half weeks this is all going to be done. Like looking at the calendar, there's no way we can fit all these things in three and a half weeks. But that's that's what's going to happen um in the NHIAA world. Um but yeah anyway I think D three girls across is definitely going to be interesting um with with three of our area teams in the top five um and then a big match with uh Guilford and Bo coming up. 
yeah, that was going to be the next uh, next team to highlight. Bo, who beat Conquer Christian on Friday. Uh, the Falcons did lose their first game of the year last Wednesday against Division One Portsmouth. Um, and yeah, I mean, the game on Wednesday, Dan, could be the determining factor in who uh, wins or finishes in first in Division Three. Um, I do find it interesting how the Division One loss counts in that determination, but either way, um, big game against Guilford, a team that that has not um, lost this season. So uh, if Bo wants to reclaim top spot in the division, winning on Wednesday would certainly go a long way there. Um, Dan, any other any other thoughts on the D three girls lacks? Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking offline. It's going to be hard to beat Bo just seeing the way they, the way they take over games. We've had a lot, we have some good teams in our area and we've seen other good teams play, but you know, to, to beat Bo, a team that's, you know, pretty much maxed out at 18 or 19 goals in all but one game, that's really going to take something incredible to, um, to turn that around. I'm still bullish on, Concord Christian and Hopkinton, I think, for Concord Christian to do as well as they've done with the the experience that they have with the lacrosse field, I think is is extraordinary. And Hopkinton is a team that I've seen play in a couple of championship games and and they just have such a deep rich history of lacrosse and in the town, at least in recent years, that I, I definitely see them kind of continuing to build on that, even with new new coaches this year. So I think it'll be uh, tight. Uh, going down the stretch to a degree but it'll be interesting to see if anyone can knock off Bo for me that's the big question as we head down into these last couple of weeks and then in division one I just wanted to mention Concord I got to see the Tide play in person for the first time all year on Friday was not the prettiest performance Um, a 19 to 6 loss against Bishop Girton uh, the Tide did bounce back with a win over Nashua North on Wednesday, but Concord is 3-11 and on the year, unlikely going to make the playoffs. And it's been a, it's been a tough year. An, an interesting kind of just juncture in where the program is. Um, Terry Anderson is the head coach this season. He had previously coached. Concord had retired in, after the 2012 season, then came back. I think it was the year before the pandemic. So 2019 as a volunteer that kind of stuck around in that capacity. And then their head coach last year resigned and he said he would do it. So uh, he loves being around the team. He said that he, he has a lot of respect for just how hardworking they are. They've just had some trouble kind of translating that into wins. I think the big issue for them, at least on Friday and seemingly has been an issue before Friday um, is just, taking care of the ball in the defensive end. So when Bishop Girton would either shoot and miss or save was made by the goalie, Concord goalie, Concord had a lot of trouble transitioning that into offense without turning it back over and giving up goals. So that was, that was the big area for the tide. Um, so Dan kind of, kind of a program that's in a bit of a, a tough spot, but uh, you know, coach Anderson's been doing this for a while. So maybe if he sticks around beyond this year, they might be able to, move things back in a positive direction. Yeah, it's a competitive division. I think something else is there's a lot of petitioning down in lacrosse. So there's a lot of teams that you typically see in division one um, and other sports that are, that are playing in division two. So what you're left with in division one is 
I believe it's only 12, four, five, six. Yeah, it's 12 teams. Um, and, and, you know, it really is the cream of the crop um, as far as division one. So it's a competitive division. Um, you know, they've, I mean, they've still had three wins in the way that they, you know, do the playoffs, uh, you know, if conquered, you know, if, if they do really well in their last couple of games and they, they, you know, get maybe three more, if they win out, you know, there's still a chance they might get in there. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, an experienced coaching staff, so that that should help the tide if that if that crew stays together. Then on the boys' lacrosse side, uh, it's been a similarly tough season for the Concord uh, boys' team. I was at their game on last Wednesday against Salem. The game was tied twelve twelve. Neither team led by more than two in the game. Concord led 4-2 early in the first quarter. Uh, no team had a larger lead than that. It was basically tied or a one-goal game in one direction or the other the rest of the way. And then Salem scored with 10 seconds left uh, to win the game 13-12. to A really tough loss for a team, again, having a rough year. The tied are 3-10 and on the season. They followed up that loss to Salem with a 20-2 to two loss against Bishop Girton. Uh, Concord did beat Nashville North 16-6 to six on Monday, but still, Dan, another team that, that's having a, a rough year. Something that um, you know, head coach Jeff Smith had talked about was they have a lot of younger kids on their team. Um, one player that he had highlighted was a freshman, a Car Carter Doherty, who's also on the hockey team. His brother, Nate, is a captain on, on the lacrosse team. Um, he's a freshman who's gotten a lot of uh, more playing time lately. And a uh, coach Smith has been impressed with his development throughout the year. So, you know, he's coaches said, he's kind of seeing where the future of the program could be. Um, it just hasn't fully translated into wins yet, but I, I mean, that's not the worst position to be in going into the off season is at least having an idea of who you could be relying on, uh, in, in the future. Yeah. And since you've covered them, um, they their last game was a, a sixteen to six win over Nashua North yesterday. Um, this is Tuesday, May sixteenth that we're recording this. So yeah, yesterday Monday, big big ten goal win over Nashua North. Um, so you know definitely and uh, with uh, the Doherty brothers uh, heavily involved. Um, goaltender Logan Shimer, I think Shimmer. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he had a, a great game as well to. Um, give the tide the win in that one. So definitely some promise there too. And just also wanted to mention in the boys lacrosse world, Bo Falcons still have not lost this season. 11 and Oh, they beat Kearsarge on Monday, 13 to one. So it's looking like just like on the girls lack side in D three that on the boys lack side in D three, the, the Falcons might be the team to beat, but of course, Hopkinton's always lurking. They're having a solid year, maybe not as uh, strong a team as last season, but still a team that has that experience going on deep runs in the playoffs. So certainly a team to keep an eye on as well. Um, big game for Bo this Friday. They are on the road at Campbell, the number two team right now. So Bo in first at 11 and 0, Campbell in second at 11 and 1. The only game that Campbell has lost was an eight to one loss against the number three team uh, Pelham in that spot currently. So uh, the, really, I mean, that's it. And then Bo's got wins against, or they've not wins yet. They haven't, haven't played the games, but they've got um, 
games against Trinity and uh, Guilford that are kind of in the middle of the pack, just just below 500 um, to, to close out the season after Campbell. So if they get through Campbell, they might be able to run the table in the regular season. Certainly looking like a possibility, just given how dominant um, the Falcons have been this season. Over on the baseball side, uh, sticking with Bo here, lot, lots of Bo on this uh, this podcast. Um, uh, Falcons had a big win on Monday over our uh, against local rival Merrimack Valley, uh, six to three win. Uh, Falcons needed this one. It was, uh, you know, they had lost two games in a row, including a, a tough one to John Stark on Saturday, but got them back to 500 at six and six. They're playing uh, Laconia on uh, Tuesday night as we're recording this. We don't have the result yet from that game, but I saw Laconia play John Stark last week, and that was not a pretty baseball team to watch play. So uh, I, I have a general idea of how that game probably went, but uh, uh, e- 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 either way, um, Monday was was a big win for Bo. Ethan Gray pitched for the Falcons five and two-thirds innings, allowed two unearned runs, only walked two hitters, and struck out six. And really the difference in the game, Dan, was the fact that Bo's pitchers, especially Gray, did a pretty good job limiting the free passes. And that was something that head coach Ben Forbes had mentioned after the game, because if you look at the box score, Merrimack Valley had 10 hits in the game, at least 10 hits per Bo's calculation. MV said it had 11 hits, but either way, MV out hit Bo in the game, um, but only scratched across three runs because when those hits came, there weren't already one or two guys on base because of a walker hit by pitch. So MV was forced to string three or four hits together in a row in order to score runs um, whereas Bo was able to uh, get its runs because Envy made a few errors and also walked a few hitters as well. Um, so, you know, not the prettiest game, but, you know, again, a much needed win. And, and Dan, at this time of the year, you know, you take a win and you move on to the next game. Yeah, especially because we're at that point where teams are playing a lot of games. Arms are probably going to be getting tired. We might be running into some pitch count rules and things like that as as everyone's trying to make everything up that was lost a couple of weeks ago in this final week and a half of the of the regular season so any win at this point is a good win same is true for merrimack valley it's been a tough year for the pride likely not going to make the playoffs but uh, three and ten but you know head coach sean wheeler said on monday that it's not for lack of effort i mean you kind of saw it even on in the seventh inning on Monday, they're down 6-2. They loaded the bases, scored a run on an RBI single, brought, you know, had the tying run on first base. So they were fighting. But the big issue for them all season has just been runners in score, hitting with runners in scoring position. It was it was the issue that plagued them in their season opener that I was at against Pembroke. And Sean Wheeler talked about it then. He talked about it again on Monday that just they haven't had anybody step up and say, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that drives in the run here. It's, it's kind of been waiting, looking to see who's going to get that hit. And it just hasn't come enough for MV to win enough games to stay, you know, in position to make the playoffs uh, this year. Um, in division one, wanted to mention that Concord lost on Friday, six, five to Goffstown has not happened to Concord much this season. It's been a generally speaking, a great year for, um, the tied uh, baseball team, um, but had a rough game against Goffstown, the third, uh, the fourth loss for Concord this year. 
um, but did rebound on Monday with an 18 to one victory over Bishop Girton. Concord has two more games this week, including senior night on Friday against Spalding um, before two road games to close out the regular season at Pinkerton and Salem. And uh, also wanted to mention Bishop Brady, the Giants over in Division Three lost its first game of the year to Campbell on Friday. Um, Bishop Brady had beaten Campbell earlier in the season, but came up short on Friday. But still, the Giants are 9-1 and one on the year. Um, so lots of great baseball in the Concord area, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of great baseball. Um, I do want to point out for Division uh, One that the team currently in first place uh, is Londonderry. Londonderry uh, is the Legion team that Concord beat in the uh, state championship game last summer. Uh, it was a really special group uh, of uh, many of whom also have or currently play for the play for the Tide, who are on that. Uh, on that team. Um, so I thought that's a neat, neat little nugget um, to, to keep an eye on as we get deeper into the spring and as we head into summer. Um, yeah, a lot of great, a lot of great baseball in the area, but you know, but there was last year and none of our teams made it past the quarter. So it's, you know, you can be a great team, but you've, you've got to win when it got to win when it counts. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes come playoff time. And a team that knows that all too well is Concord softball. Uh, the Tide have, you know, uh, lost each of the last two uh, D1 championship games. Um, and they have a huge game on Wednesday night against Exeter. Concord is now 13-1 and on the season. Exeter is 14-0. and This game is obviously not the be-all, end-all because, you know, both teams are, you know, have higher aspirations. Concord, again, looking to win that Division I championship for the first time in five years. But Dan, you imagine if Concord can win on Wednesday, that just gives them a lot of confidence because last year, not only did Concord lose to Exeter in the championship game, they had also lost in the regular season on a walk-off. So just getting a win, showing that, you know, showing themselves they can beat this team, you you would imagine would go a long way come playoff time if they match up again. Yeah, I would. I mean, obviously you you always want to win but I, I think you know Concord's already gotten lost out of the way they they know what that feels like and you know the the loss to Exeter stings they remember that one very well so I would certainly would feel if I were them I'd feel better with a win um you know heading into the heading into the playoffs um, another big game for Concord is they close out the regular season against Salem uh, a team that Concord beat in the softball championship I want to say 2021. I think that was 2021. Uh, they they beat Salem in that championship game. Um, maybe say I don't remember. They they played Salem in the championship. I think Salem game. beat Concord in the championship game. That's right. It was five to one, and then the only run was a solo home run. I don't like. I remember all the details except who actually won the game. Everything else I've saw. It's all up here, wow. except for the winner. Um, but anyway, another good, another good program. Um, so it's a tough, it's a tough way for the tide to finish with a couple of really big games. But like you said, if they go really well, they're heading into the playoffs with a lot of confidence. And if they don't go well, at least you don't have your season come to an end right there. You do have some time to maybe work on some of the issues that prevented uh, you from from winning those games. Did also want to mention uh, Concord. Had a little bit has a little bit of a benefit going into Wednesday because Nashville North forfeited the game that was supposed to be played on Tuesday 
Um, so that's one fewer game Concord has to play, but still counts as a win in the standings. And uh, that comes after Concord beat Bishop Girton 7-0 on Monday in a game where junior pitcher Matty Wachter set a new tied record with 18 strikeouts in the game. Somewhat surprising that neither her nor Sarah Taylor have gotten there yet, but seemingly every start they have is 15 strikeouts or more. So uh, Wachter with a new program record. Well, so it's in a seven inning game. So True, I yes. would imagine yeah. some of them have gotten there before in some of these games that go into that go into extras. But for the standard seven inning game, that's her. I mean, that's really incredible. If you think about it. there's 21 outs, 18 <laughs> 18 of them strikeouts only face 23 batters. I mean, that's it's a very high percentage of strikes and, and strikeouts. That's, that's why I, I, I'm speechless, Eric. It's, that's such a good, that's such a good record, good record to have. Um, but, and they have two, they've got, you know, two pitchers who are capable of, of doing that night in and night in and night out. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the reasons why this team is so good is not, you know, a team is lucky if they have one pitcher as good as, you know, Maddie Wachter or Sarah Taylor, but to have two, certainly, you know, when you look at the standings, that's why Concord is 13 and one um, and, and looking to try to get back to the championship game for the third season in a row over in division two softball, uh, Bo beat Merrimack Valley six, five on Monday. Apparently the first time Bo has ever beaten Merrimack Valley in softball, according to Bo's uh, Twitter account. Um, Bo is having a great year, uh, eight and four on the season. Envy's also having a solid year, eight and five now. Um, the the um, or sorry, they're nine and five now. They were eight and five after the loss Monday. They rebounded on Tuesday with the fifteen to two win over Hanover. Um, but you know, Dan, we've talked about it seemingly every episode at this point, just how deep Division Two softball is in the area. We don't need to run through everything again, uh, but did just want to mention that uh, Co Brown. Sits at 10 and 2. The Bears are going to have about a week stretch uh, between games. They resume play on Wednesday. And John Stark on a five game winning streak, nine and three on the season. So, again, D2 softball, really talented teams in our area, all teams that would not surprise anybody if they made it to, you know, Final Four or ultimately to a championship game. And there's been some pretty wild swings in that division where you have Bo that lost to Merrimack Valley 13-1 in the second game of the season and now just beating them 6-5. to There's a lot of teams uh, that are really only separated by um, between 9-3 and uh, nine and John Stark and Hollis Brookline and then 9-5 and five, MV and Oyster River and everything between. That's, that's seven teams right there and, you know, separated by, you know, a game or two. So that's it's a very competitive division. Um, I think that could make playoff brackets potentially very interesting, especially in the the quarterfinals. And you've got a lot of those teams playing each other that are so tightly, uh, so tightly contested in the standings. So should be exciting to follow. And as someone who is going to be writing playoff previews for that, I always love when the standings are really close because any one day could fully change everything in terms of seating. So That'll be fun to monitor. Of course, uh, last team that I wanted to bring up on the show, Dan, Pittsfield softball. The uh, Panthers got off to a 9-0 start to the year before losing its first uh, their first game on uh, Friday against Newmarket, 4-1. They, had, they played Portsmouth Christian on Tuesday. I do not have the results yet from that game, but uh, Portsmouth Christian, a 9-2 team. So if 
you know, Pittsfield wins that, um, puts the Panthers in good position for good seeding in the division for playoffs. All right. Uh, no, no interview today because we had a lot of, a lot of games to, to cover and, and get through. Uh, Dan, any other, any other notes you wanted to bring up on? The uh, I do want to highlight tennis because this is the last week of their regular season. So a couple playoff bound or presumably playoff bound teams to keep an eye on in division two Bo currently sitting in third place with an 11 and two record. Um, they're usually a team that's pretty reliably a quarterfinal or a final four team. So uh, we'll see how they do um, defending runners up in division three, the Kearsarge Cougars. They are 12 and 0. they're two matches away from a perfect regular season defending champions though. Plymouth, 11-0, the only team ahead of them in the standings. They will not face each other in the regular season, so that could be an undefeated, uh, two undefeated teams um, maybe making it all the way to the end. Um, and then on the girls' side, Kearsarge, girls' tennis, the defending champions, they ran the table last year. They have had a pair of 5-4 losses this week, the first loss for the program in nearly two years. Um so really an impressive winning streak for Kearsarge and uh, still second place in the Division Three standings. So we'll see how they do come playoff time. But that is uh, – so that's it for tennis. And then uh, nothing of uh, note for track that I'll say just yet. Uh, but n probably the next episode, uh, Eric, will have uh, a good amount of track stuff to talk about because it'll be those, – those champions will be crowned in a week and a half. Um, actually, and some, I believe, Division One in one week on Wednesday, um, uh, almost a week. Wednesday, the 24th, will be the first uh, division championship that will be crowned. So we are getting down to it um, with with the regular season and then the playoffs. It's Spring is always wild. It's crazy how fast it goes. It feels so slow at the beginning with all the rainouts and, you know, there's fields underwater and, and snow and but then all of a sudden we're here and it's gosh, three and a half weeks and that's it. 2022, 23 in the books. Lots of things to happen before we can say that. It'll be exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what we've, what we've got. And, and there's a good variety. There's a lot of sports. There's a lot of different teams. So definitely a lot of action to follow in that time. There, there certainly is. There's no shortage of sports stuff that we will have for you, uh, whether it's our 100-inch roundups or <laughs> anything else, game stories, features. Uh, we will have you as covered as two people can be when it comes to covering 15 schools and God knows how many teams for, for each one. So that'll do it for this episode of the Monitor Sports Podcast. For Dana Torrey, I'm Eric Rince-Lobel. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week.